Thanks to Jay Beagley who joined us at 630. If you missed it, go download the Odyssey app. Download this show. Tell a friend. Tell five. Maybe they'll tell ten and we'll uh, we'll expand this program. This program that we call After Hours. The host, the crown jewel, myself, Dusty Likens, JT Noah with you as well. Jefferson's is the place to be for your Football action for the game on Sunday. It is 50% off online orders for carryout and delivery with promo code 610 sports. Limit one per customer on a $40 minimum order. Also, the big game coverage is brought to you by Community America Credit Union. Community America Credit Union is proud to be the exclusive banking partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Get your Chiefs checking account, including the exclusive Chiefs debit card at ChiefsChecking.com. Don't forget, tomorrow we're on the air at 10 o'clock until 1. Chris Unicero will be on after that from 1 to 3. He'll be with JT Noah. I'll be with Quentin. And then Sunday from 9 until 1, we'll do the normal Sunday after hours. But there's a little extended hour into there, so we'll have the normal show that we have before big games with predictions and everything that does come with that. But where I want to start the 7 o'clock hour is that this team – can do something that not a lot of teams in the NFL have done, right? The problem with this that I have is that, unfortunately, we get lost in a time where rings are the definition of everything. Would you say that the Buffalo Bills, that's a bad one, because the Buffalo Bills went to four Super Bowls and never won, but they were a minor little dynasty, right? You go to four Super Bowls in a row, but no wins. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's a minor dynasty. That's like, hey, okay, you were there. You just couldn't, like, really yeah. break the wall. You were the AFC team for four consecutive years. But there's no doubt that Dallas dynasty, New England dynasty, Steelers dynasty, Niners dynasty, right? So you count those, there's four. And we know the NFL has been around for quite a while. And out of all the years that it's been around, four teams have done the I guess the sound definition of what a dynasty is, and that is win three rings. With a win on Sunday, that that take is done. Dynasty locked in, sealed, delivered. I believe that the Chiefs are already there. I think that they are already proved that they're a dynasty. This is their fourth Super Bowl in six years. They've already got two wins. So it's not a minor dynasty. It's not a minor golden era. It's a red and gold era in the AFC. And there are two times that they didn't get to a Super Bowl. Both ended, I believe, in overtime. They lose to New England. Mahomes never touches the ball. Two years later, the rules change. A loss is a loss. You own the L. You take it. You move on. When you look at the Cincinnati game, Mahomes happened to play the worst second half of football he's ever played in his career. It just came at the absolute wrong time. A loss is a loss. You take your L. But what do they do with that? Huh? I'll tell you. They came back the next year losing their star-wide receiver and led the league in offense, yards, had the MVP, and won the Super Bowl. And then, this year, they go through adversity. They go through ups and downs. And what's the end result? Guess who's back? And when fans start to hate you, 
And when people start to pick apart your team for reasons that are maybe lazy, maybe not, but more so just lethargic, you've created a dynasty. There's no real reason, rhyme or reason, that the Chiefs should be hated outside of the fact that they just keep winning. And when you get reactions from crowds of people that aren't even going to go to the game but just live in a city that's hosting a Super Bowl that buy tickets to an opening night to do this. And uh, it's, it's been asshole. <laughs> Y'all are firing me up. Make me want to play right now, baby. <laughs> Woo! I love the booze, man. I love the cheers, baby. Keep them coming, Niners gang. Keep them coming. Chris, this is the one time you're going to have the microphone in front of both sets of fans. What would you like to say before Super Sunday? KC, let's go, baby! The man knows how to dominate on the field and with the microphone as well. Chris. And there's no doubt in my mind the Chiefs know that they're already a dynasty. And again, we started this show with overconfidence or arrogance. That's not arrogance. That's a team that went to an opening media night in front of fans of the Vegas Raiders just to boo you. We always say it. They hate you because they ain't you. They hate us because they ain't us. Sounds a little weird when you say it that way, but you know what I mean. And the other part about this is that you look at all of those dynasties in the past. And the common denominator is head coach and quarterback. And if they can win a third, there's more to it than just the dynasty. And we talked about pressure. This is not what I would consider the pressure that can alter someone's view or alter someone's play style in a gigantic game like the Super Bowl that is San Francisco versus Kansas City. No, no, no. Dynasties are not expected. Getting to a Super Bowl and winning one in your career is an expectation. And when you finally get to that point, the pressure then starts to add up. Kyle Shanahan didn't win one as an offensive coordinator. Was one as a head coach. Blew an 11-point lead with 7 minutes and 41 seconds left. We all remember that one. It happened. And not only that, But Mahomes and Andy Reid can then sit on that pedestal of a duo that did it, right? The Niners have it. The Patriots have it. The Cowboys had it. Now, I understand that there were two different head coaches within that dynasty. But they all had that sort of mantra, right? The Cowboys may not be because there's two different head coaches, but it was still like Emmitt, Irvin, Aikman, those guys. They built that. And this one with Mahomes, Kelsey, and Reed, and you can sprinkle in Chris Jones as well, they would then solidify themselves to where there is no person or persons to come out and be like, well, it's not technically a dynasty because in the dictionary, a dynasty is technically described as three in a row. You play pickup basketball games. If your three-on-three team wins three in a row, you get off the court, you've had your dynasty, you collect, you let somebody else get it, then you can go back in. At least that's how they played them in the gyms when I grew up. 
But not only that, there's more to just solidifying the dynasty in this year. And for those of you that are unfamiliar with soccer terminology, if the Chiefs win this in football, it's called back-to-back or a repeat. In soccer, it would be called a brace. And if the Kansas City Chiefs win a third in a row, if they get that opportunity, they would then have the hat trick. They would then have what would be the apex of what is a dynasty. So the pressure that is amounting on San Francisco, as opposed to the pressure that is on the Kansas City Chiefs, you're thinking of future pressure, right? Yeah, it'd be nice to solidify the definition for many as a dynasty this year. That doesn't really affect the gameplay. I know Travis Kelsey really wants this because he wants that sort of thing, but it's not going to alter the way he plays. The other thing about this is you win this one in back-to-back, and then you have a real opportunity to get real stanky on the league and win three in a row. And if you thought those boos were loud then, you're going to get that sort of energy every time you play an away game. Yeah, so... The biggest thing I saw today was it was on first take. Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp were having this debate. If the Chiefs say the Chiefs lose Sunday, do you still consider this a dynasty? The Chiefs, a dynasty. And I go, well, yeah, because you think about it. Tell me a team that's made it. You can actually name a team that's made it to the AFC championship six straight years, hosted it five straight years, right? Mm -hmm. And Stephen A. and Shannon was agreeing, okay, if they lose, the Chiefs are still a dynasty, but Stephen A's like, no, they're not because they would still only have the same amount of rings you do. Well, Shannon Sharp in the years that he was there, they missed the playoffs completely in one of those years. Like how can you be a dynasty? If you miss it, the chiefs haven't missed a playoff since Patrick Mahomes had became their starting quarterback, let alone miss an AFC championship. So like I get the notion. Okay. If they lose, yeah, they've now two and two in the super bowls, but think about it four super bowls in Six years is insane still. So even if they lose, I still consider them a dynasty. But if they if they win, then you're going to have the markets of like Boston and San Francisco, New Correct. York, finally, hey, hey, hold up. Maybe maybe there is a dynasty and they'll finally give it to us. And I think Fesco said it best this morning. They don't want to see a Midwestern team be a dynasty in the NFL. No doubt. I do think, though, I think New England went to eight straight. I think Brady's eighth consecutive AFC championship game was against Kansas City when they won in overtime. I do believe. I could be wrong. Well, I, I mean, I know no one hosted five in a no row. No one's ever done that. No one's ever done that. There are little tinkers in the path that the Chiefs have done to where it's like, yeah, they have two, not three championships, but they've played in six consecutive AFC championships, five they've hosted, and they're on their on the path to their fourth Super Bowl within those six years, which is just really, if you want to think about it from long term, They're on the second half of a decade of being in the AFC championship game, and they've always been there with Patrick Mahomes. Coming up on the other side, there's a reason why Patrick Mahomes stays great and stays different every year, and it's not just because Andy Reid and offensive coordinators and the way this team works. It might have something to do with somebody else. I'll tell you who that is on the other side. You're listening to After Hours. It's JT Noam, Dusty Likens. This is 610 Sports Radio. JT Dusty with you. 913-586-7610. You'll need to know that number for the out of left field question. It's a foodie one. So you're always 
a little eager when it comes to food. That's one thing I noticed early on in my radio career, that when you brought up food takes, uh, it's real quick to figure out who people are. You'll be like, yeah, such and such. Like, for example, you'll be like, oh, yeah, pineapple belongs on pizza. And all those people that said they love you, then they hate you. You know? Oh, yeah. Or you'll say, like, man, I like ketchup with my steak. Uh-oh. That's just, that is that you? No, no. I'm okay. just saying, like, Patrick yeah. Mahomes. I was thinking of Patrick Mahomes when I said I was like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, ketchup and steak, all the flat, like, all the, like, everything on Twitter. You can't like steak yeah. with ketchup. I'm like, uh, okay. I really don't think you can, which is... I mean, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but I would have that sort of, like, RBF face if I watched somebody, like, take out a bottle of, like, ketchup and put it on their plate and there's a twice-baked potato and a steak on it. I'd be like, what are you, oh, 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 okay. I just seasoned that, Daddy, and there's Worcestershire sauce on there. That's all you need. Wash your sister sauce? Yeah, man. Hey, that's okay. My parents always look at me weird because I'm not a big steak guy. So I'm like, eh, they're like, you want a steak? I'll pass. Give me yeah. some chicken. I'll take some chicken. That's kind of how my sister is. Like my, if we like grill out at my stepdad's house, we'll get like a couple of ribeyes and then she'll be like, I don't need all that. I just need, or what she'll do is she'll eat half and then she'll incorporate the other half for like steak and eggs in the morning or like combine it into like something where she's just not eating just raw steak. I mean, to each their own. I could eat a ribeye every day of my life, but again, I would die at a very young age. Um, but maybe worth it. I don't know. I just, man, you give me a medium rare steak. Oh, God, praise be. I do want to bring up the fact that it seems um, every year there's some sort of chink in the armor with the Kansas City team. Maybe outside of Mahomes' first year, due to the lack of knowledge there was on Patrick Mahomes or lack of videotape. I mean, all you had was preseason games and a week 17 mail-it-in Denver Broncos team that was ready to go to Fiji. And I'll never forget, after that year... There were a lot of teams that just basically tried to figure it out because we all remember young or younger Patrick Mahomes was the free spirited run around the, you know, pocket, try to make something work and then just heave it deep because nobody had covered Tyree kill and no one really knew the true strength and power behind Patrick Mahomes' arm. And then what happened after two years, they put the double high safety up and they forced Mahomes to throw it underneath. We all remember that. And there was a little bit of a skid in time where teams would then think to themselves, okay, we don't care. We're just not going to let him throw it deep. We're going to force him to beat us underneath. Not knowing that we still were watching the Chiefs team have a tight end in Travis Kelsey in the prime of his career. And then they developed a different style of offense. And then once it clicked, it was like, okay, it took three weeks, but Mahomes and Reed and company have figured it out. Patrick Mahomes, photographic memory, figured it out. And then it was like, okay, they've got the underneath. They've got the little, you know, crossing patterns down. They know how to work zone inside, you know, below the safeties. 
And then teams would then start to cheat. And then once Mahomes saw somebody cheat, over the top. And then in this year, the example that strikes vividly in my brain is that this year, I think it was the lack of respect that people had for what Mahomes could do midseason or figure things out. And I do think that there was probably a humbling situation within the organization of the Kansas City Chiefs this year where they went into the season and thought to themselves, hey, we think Sky Moore is going to make a turn. We think Kadarius Toney could be with his skill set a wide receiver one. You still have MBS on this team who's got four, three, five speed, who's pretty tall, who can get down the field and make big catches. And we've drafted a rookie in Rasheed Rice who we think could maybe be what? 500 yards, couple catches here and there, a couple touchdowns, and just developing within two years, he's our stud guy on the outside. And that didn't happen. And it took 14, 15 weeks and a very humiliating loss to the Raiders on Christmas Day to realize, I think, for that team to go, all right, what we planned on and what we thought was going to work didn't. But out of all of that negative, we found a couple of positives. And those couple of positives that they found was that Rasheed Rice is an actual stud and is one of the better rookies in the draft and one of the best rookie wide receivers of the year. I think if you looked at all of the rookie wide receivers, the top three that stick out are Puka, Zay, and Rasheed Rice. Those were probably your three most productive rookie wide receivers in this year's class. And the Chiefs fell into that. And you've seen the quotes from Andy Reid this week. You've seen the, you know, the Rasheed Rice. Oh, well, we didn't really expect much from him, but we kept giving him more and more on his plate, and he kept asking for more, right? He's that 16-year-old. For you parents out there that knows what that's like, I was that kid. My parents would be done with dinner and be like, I don't know how we're going to feed this kid. He's got a hollow leg. And that's a good thing when it comes to football, not a good thing when you're a 16-year-old kid with a limited income with a family. And when you look at what the Chiefs did this year, they went back to what made them successful with Alex Smith. And who taught Patrick Mahomes the ins and outs of the NFL game? Alex Smith. And Alex Smith was, and he said this, he is the GOAT of game management quarterbacks. And when you look at what this offense is, it's exactly that, but with a Hall of Fame two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. And when what didn't work out, what they thought could work in St. Joe and put together what this year could have been, they said to themselves, all right, what do we know we have and what do we know works? Well, we know Patrick Mahomes is one of the smartest, most talented players at that position the league has ever seen. Let's use that first. Okay. What do we have at running back? Well, we have a running back that runs like he bites people. And Isaiah Pacheco. We can use that. All right. We still have our all-pro tight end, and we have a rookie wide receiver who wants more and more and more action. And every time we give him more action, he lives up to the call which gives you confidence. And at that point, the Chiefs sat back and said to themselves, all right, if we're going to make this work, the elephant in the room is we have a dominant defense that can shut down anyone and has proven that and has kept us in games. The only reason the Chiefs lost some games this year was because of offensive turnovers. That negates your defense at times depending on where the turnovers are. Drop passes that lead to pick sixes. Detroit, for instance, 
offensive offsides after a great play that would have won that game. Not the defense's fault. They took that out. They cut the fat. They got more lean. They slowed their offense down, and they became a elevated game management style of offense, and it's worked, and it does work, and it's got them to this point, which is the Super Bowl, which leads me to the end of my point. No matter what you try to do to fix the Chiefs or try to take the Chiefs away, they will figure it out. They're too smart, they're too good, and they're too experienced to know what works and what can work. And they have the luxury of having one of the better head coaches and one of the better uh, quarterbacks in the game with an all-pro, all-American, all-universe Hall of Fame tied in that also helps others around him. You'll see audio of it. You'll see quotes of it. There are credibilities from Rasheed Rice saying, Travis Kelsey helped me develop my game. And when you have that and those guys know that they can do that to make this work, you find yourselves in another Super Bowl the fourth time in six years. Yeah, well, I think it was really evident in the Ravens game. To me, the most important plays for the Chiefs offense are the first 15. They're scheduled, they're scripted. The first 15 in the Super Bowl out of the first half, out of the start of the game, and in the second half are going to be crucial for this game because you saw in the second half against the Ravens, they just kind of were kind of floating along. They were like on a sailboat, just floating down the river or in the ocean, just tagging along. They knew what they could do, but they didn't want to put their defense in a bad spot. They wanted to keep their defense in great positions. Mm -hmm. Remember the turnover, uh, I believe, with uh, where they got it inside the five-yard line, Mahomes... He had, he had some pressure, and he just threw it away right away because he knew if he punts, hey, guess what? We give our defense some time and space to work their thing. So I think it really showed in the Ravens game, hey, I get it. We have Patrick Mahomes, but we can lean on our defense, trust our defense, and we can play it out and run with Pacheco and give the ball back. And then you saw with the last possession, all right, now it's time to trust Mahomes to throw the football to get the first down to win the game. And guess what he did? He did that. Exactly. And I think that's the greatest thing is that it might not always be in-house changing that makes Patrick Mahomes better against the league. It sometimes can be the league that makes it better. And I think that's why when people ask themselves, like, why is Mahomes so good? Why are the Chiefs always in this situation? It's the answer on both sides. It's a double-edged sword. One, he's an anomaly of a freak athlete that is the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. And two, he loves the game so much and he dives into it so much that he can find things and see things. And I remember going back watching when they'd play the Belichick defenses, the first half would be a little rough. And then the second half, it was like, he's figured it out and he's figured out so much. that Even Bill Belichick's like, well, we're going to have to keep doing what we're doing because I don't have time to readjust to that because they've adjusted to what we have. And that's just Patrick Mahomes and this team. And when you have something like that at quarterback, that's why you find yourselves week and season after season in these sort of deep runs into the season. Look, Lamar Jackson did not adjust. Josh Allen did not adjust. Tua Tagovailoa never had a chance to adjust. And those all happened in the playoffs. And guess what did? Patrick Mahomes and this offense. It adjusted. It used its defense. And it went back to the old notes where Alex Smith told him, hey, if you've got a defense, which I've had a couple times when I was in San Francisco, and all you do is keep time of possession and just get points, it'll amount to more pressure on the other side. And what happens when pressure's on the other side? People make mistakes. And when you make mistakes against the number one or number two defense versus the number one quarterback, that is a recipe for disaster. So I'm happy to know they figured out the, the offense at the right time. 
Not the first time they've done it either. On the other side, we get back to the highlights of what was the audio of the week of Super Bowl week going into the big game on Sunday. That's JT Noam, Dusty Likens, and this is 610 Sports Radio. Is this our guy? This is the Skeeton. I was, I was, I was going to see if he caught on. I think I watched his performance. I forget from what year it's from, but it's at Tomorrowland where they have the big tree in the background and the eyes roll and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, there's not one sober person in that crowd. Yeah, no, no way. No way. And if there is praise be to that person. If I'm being honest with you, I said the other day, um, that I really would love to go to a Steve Aoki concert if and only if I could get caked in the face. Because that dude's got some Patrick Mahomes accuracy with a cake. Have you seen those videos? I have not. Okay, well, whenever you get bored with this show tonight, which probably could happen at any point, YouTube Steve Aoki cake toss. And, I mean, there are people like nine rows back, and I'm talking big-ass like Costco cake, in their face. Just destroy. And they'll have signs that say, like, cake me, which I don't know to this day if that's sexual. But I do believe that it means a cake that you eat. You know? Well, let's not have this discussion on the air, but I I honestly do believe it does mean something. Oh, it does. I do, yeah. Okay. Because there was a song, I forgot by who, but it was like Cake by the Ocean. Mm. And I remember it was playing in high school, and everyone's like, oh, that doesn't mean real Cake by the Ocean. I was it like, it means S E X? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is it still wrong if you spell it out but don't say it? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> My dad probably doesn't even know what it, if I say S-E-X, he's like, huh? Like <laughs> sex. Um Yeah. You know, somebody from the 913 says this is the NE plus ultra of Marty Ball. Defense is an all-world quarterback who can actually ball out. The O when needed. Yeah, it just it's insane, man. Like we were just talking about how crazy this team can just completely they're almost like Warshack, right? Like so many times you just think of Patrick Mahomes, like, oh, he's gonna throw for four hundred yards, three touchdowns. He can. Or he can throw for two fifty a touchdown and control the game clock now because he's got a running back, a wide receiver, and a tight end and a defense he can rest on. Um Speaking of Patrick Holmes, here's how he embraced the booze. We get into the audio of the week. We're playing a great 49ers team, but we're going to go out there and play our best football and see what happens. I appreciate it, Niners Nation. We're here. Oh, Niners. Niners fans, he's calling you out. Tell him, Scott Hansen. Tell him. But that was night one, right? And that was the Chiefs being hated. And then it was, oh, are the Chiefs, are they, are they, you know, are they being doubted? That was the opening narrative of Monday was both teams got to have the the narrative going into the week. Doubted us. Look at us now. This was Nate Taylor and if the Chiefs are doubted. We were just chit-chatting to Lombardi himself, obviously, colleague of yours. I know you know him. About the yep. Niners gang maybe adding a little extra motivation to the Chiefs and getting a chance to feel it. We saw it in Baltimore. Obviously, we saw it in Buffalo against Miami. It feels like this team is embracing that role and enjoying that role. Do you feel that? Are you experiencing that? And what does it feel like from the team going into this Super Bowl as opposed to maybe Super Bowls past? Yeah, they, the Chiefs being, they know they're technically the underdog, right? They understand that 
uh, even though they're the defending Super Bowl champs, they're being doubted yet again, right? And fellas, I will tell you this, and I remember it the day I started, you know, really covering this team, being around Patrick Mahomes over the last six, seven years. Patrick Mahomes does not forget. Patrick Mahomes pretty much hears everything or someone, you know, in his crew tells him uh, what is being said publicly, uh, obviously before a game. And I think Andy Reid even leans into it because he understands it energizes the guys. It gets them a little bit more focused and juiced up to sort of uh, obviously play the villain. Obviously, they've been on the road a couple of times. But with everything being said about the Chiefs right now, there's still a chance for them to be one of the great next dynasties. But they have to, you know, get over the finish line Sunday. And it will be no sweeter for them if they're able to do that, knowing that there are more people expecting them to lose Sunday than obviously to win. Six straight AFC championships, two Super Bowls, losing one. Not yet a dynasty, says Nate Taylor. Yep. I like that you guys are, you know, hard judges, the uh-huh. local crowd, because we're already crowning them as a dynasty. So that was uh, our guy, Nate Taylor, who was on the Pat McAfee show when he had that to say about what the Chiefs and their dynasty is. This uh, when it goes to the underdogs, the the doubters. Remember, we played this, JT. Remember, there was, oh, Jeff Saturday's just in disbelief, doesn't think they're the underdogs. JT, real quick, what's the definition of an underdog? Uh, when you are not favored to win the game. Okay. But when you think about the underdog, like, think, think about the way we came up. Like, you go for the underdog, but you can't, like, I, it, like almost, Mahomes is almost already loved so much. It's like the easy, it's like the easy pull. It's like, he's already the greatest. He says the right things. We love him because of those things. But, man, you can't tell me there's a little bit of, a little bit of you wants the underdog to get this thing. The, the well, under- Jeff, the underdog is the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh. The underdog no. is the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh. No, the, no, the, no. The Chiefs are quite literally the no. underdogs. They are the no, underdog in the game. They're one and a half favorite. Not, they are they, not they are. the under. Travis Kelsey, that whole Come crew, on. they've been there a thousand times. They're the, un- they're the underdog. How about Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and for them getting it done? Come on. No, that, that's great. I mean, we would we want those guys to have success, but I don't think that's the best storyline in this game. You just said the Chiefs are the underdog, are, and we're talking about if they're a dynasty. If yeah, they're the they new are, Patriots. Come on. But, that's the, but, that's, but that's, the thing, that's the thing that makes it wild with Kansas City, and that's why I want to continue to see – Patrick Mahomes' competitive greatness on display in the biggest stage that the game That's has to offer. Vegas knows how to make money. That's why they make people underdogs. You and I both. Oh my it's gosh. all about where the money oh goes. Gosh. The underdog thing. But think about this, man. So, again, like, that was the disbelief earlier in the week. No way they're the underdog. According to the definition of an underdog, the Chiefs are the underdog. And last I checked... They're still not favored to win this game. They're not. And the craziest thing to me is Jeff Saturday at the end saying they want the underdog to make the money. Mm -hmm. When I remember people saying the Ravens were getting bumped even higher because no one was taking the Chiefs last or two weeks ago because Mm -hmm. of them being an underdog and they thought the Ravens. So I don't get Jeff Saturday's thing. And the bigger thing I have with this, oh, it's just one and a half. Mm -hmm. It's a neutral site. We can't use, oh, the 49ers are home because usually you get a three-point yeah. quote-unquote advantage if you're the home team. This is a neutral site, so if you take it to San Fran, it'll be a four-and-a-half-point favorite for the 49ers and only two-and-a-half two for the Chiefs if they were playing at Arrowhead. So don't give me that BSO, it's just an underdog. Uh, no, 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 please stop. No, it is the definition, the raw definition. It is the beef tartar definition of what an underdog is. The favorite is the team that has the minus. The underdog is the team that has the plus. 
We also remember a couple weeks ago, this wasn't this week's audio, but it came from this week when Nick Bosa had the conversation about, oh, yeah, they hold a lot. Mitchell Schwartz, he said this. Yeah, I don't think they're very happy with it. Donovan, it looked like in that uh, interview, was holding everything back to not give any bulletin material uh, to the 49ers. You know, I think this offensive line, obviously the two tackles are new this year. The three interior guys are the same, although Tooney looks like not playing. You know, last year's Super Bowl, the Eagles, most sacks of all time, best defensive line, and the guys took it personal. And there might not have been, you know, specific words from the Eagles front, but they took it personal. They won the Super Bowl. They gave up no sacks. They made zero sacks t-shirts and wore them to the parade. So we've seen some evidence that this group likes to kind of hold on to those things and use it as bulletin board material. So I, I think that, you know, the tackles in particular are going to want to give it to Bosa and give it to those defensive ends and show them how good they are. You know, I think the sneaky, funny thing is Bosa's right. <laughs> they do hold a lot. And, you know, Jawan's been the most penalized guy this year and, and has a bunch of holdings along with that. Donovan, throughout his career, has been, I think, the most penalized in terms of holdings uh, of any offensive tackle since he started playing. And, you know, they do kind of get away with stuff here and there. So I, I don't think Bosa's wrong, but in these types of scenarios, you usually don't like saying that, and you don't like to give the guy you're going against any added fuel. Oh, Nick Bosa, kiss my ass. Right? Like, the last time Nick Bosa was in the Super Bowl, he was crying on the sideline because he lost. And then the first thing he says is, oh, well, they hold a lot. I don't know what this is. The Gatorade color is going to be orange. I guess the Gatorade color is orange. I guess it's orange. I guess that was for Wednesday night. Um, and then the other thing that was quite annoying this week, which was the narrative that was supposed to be forced. And we'll talk about it on the other side after we play this audio. Just let it be. Hey, what about Andy Reid? What's his demeanor been like throughout this playoff push? And do you feel like he's going to just continue to coach and, and say, hey, Patrick Mahomes is my quarterback. I have a great core. I want to coach forever. Yeah, um, you know, as I told you guys last time, fellas, uh, I think Andy Reid is enjoying the moment. I think he's probably as focused as ever before. Something to keep in mind, guys. Andy Reid loves being on the grandest stage, which means you know you're going to get a trick player mm -hmm. out, of yeah. his, out of his offense, right? So. Yeah. Um, I get the sense that, you know, they've studied the 49ers. Andy Reid off a of bye week, that's a real thing. You know, he takes uh, all the little advantages, all the little weaknesses you have and tries to expose them. Um, so, look, I talked to Clark Hunt earlier this morning along with some other reporters in Kansas City, uh, the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, and he says, look, I, I have not had any conversations with Andy about, you know, what is going to be, you know, the ultimate sort of last chapter of his career, but he anticipates him being obviously the coach in 2024, and he says, look, I have no succession plan because I just want him to be the coach for the next foreseeable future. So, um, again, if Andy Reid and the Chiefs were to somehow pull this off, again, the longest, toughest road that they've ever had to go through in the postseason with mm. Patrick Mahomes, um, I, I think it will only galvanize them more to try to see, hey, how much can we really push this forward now that we're back-to-back -back champions. Travis Kelsey said he's never wanted one better than this one, going back-to-back. -back. He felt what it was like to lose a back-to-back -back one before. Doesn't want to experience it again. We appreciate the hell out of you. Stay safe out there. Kick a coyote in the mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Nate Taylor from the yeah. Nate Taylor getting some nice publicity in the world of sports. You love to see it. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we do the out-of-left-field question. 913-586-7610. But on the other side, shut up with the Andy Reid retirement. He's not going to stop. Why quit when you're at the top and when you're going to keep going forward? That's JT Noam, Dusty Likens. That was the audio of the week. This is After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Coming up 
in less than 10 minutes, we'll do the out of left field question. 913-586-7610. Someone says, yo, Dusty, can y'all watch the link about Ward? I texted him. I cannot. Cannot watch links from the text line. Otherwise, I feel like a lot of people would just send in pornography. And I've seen enough of that this week when I accidentally opened up the TMZ article that involved Drake. We're back on this topic again. We're not. I don't want to be. Somebody said from the 620, Jeff Saturday can't even get the full sentence out. And it just, it, it, I, that's why I love doing that segment on Friday. It just was like you go back and you listen to the audio of the week and like you've you've heard it. And maybe the first time you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, those guys. And then you hear it again. You're like, wow, that really got said on a national television. Like They really said that. Like, they're not the underdog. Yes, they are. You know? I mean, it's like, sorry. Right? It's like you played golf with a guy and they got, they're better at golf than you. It's like, you're really going to give me, you're really going to have, I'm really going to have to give you three strokes aside. Yes. You're better than I am. You're a seven handicap. I'm a 12. You should beat me on average by five. I should get at least two strokes aside. That's the way it works. And the way they look at this Super Bowl is that San Francisco's the better team and the Chiefs are less superior. So the Chiefs are going to be given two points because Vegas thinks that San Francisco's two points better than the Chiefs. I also forgot about this brilliant audio from Stephen A. Smith. Life. I'm going to say this because nobody else would say this. When are people going to get a life? I mean, are y'all not getting none? I'm not talking about you. I'm just yeah, talking yeah, about the people out there. Absolutely. Y'all ain't getting none? Mm-hmm. Y'all ain't getting loose? Mm-hmm. Y'all don't have a girlfriend or a boyfriend? I mean, what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. We are literally talking about, first, oh, my God, he kissed her. Mm-hmm. Well, he flew to Germany to watch her perform. What do you think he did, give her a kiss on the cheek? Mm-hmm. I mean, she comes to the game. She's in Buffalo. She's in Baltimore. She's at Arrowhead Stadium. You think she's flying there for her health because she loves the Kansas City weather? What the hell do you think she's coming for? What do you think they're doing? So it's like, it's their business. I'm happy for Travis Kelsey because he's a good brother. I'm happy for Taylor Swift because she's a phenomenal artist who's done a great job. But at some point in time, they both need to look at everybody and say, get a life. If not, kiss my ass. Because you do get to a point where it's like, it's ridiculous. What do you think they're doing? They're an idol. Mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah. If he asks her to marry her, fine. If he doesn't, he doesn't. What are we going to say? Uh, what are we going to do next? We going to pressure him to marry her? We going to say now that you want the Super Bowl championship, this girl that you just started dating months ago, you need to put a ring on it? Is that what we going to do? What are we going to do next? We got to get. We got to grow up, and we got to get a life and leave people alone and live their lives unless we're really, really willing to let people in our bedrooms. Because I'm telling you right now, Travis Kelsey is much nicer than me. If it was me, I would tell everybody to kiss my ass. I mean, it's ridiculous how, how out of hand this has got. Stephen A. and I are pretty much alike on the same terms of telling people to kiss our ass. I have done that many times on this show. But the one thing that I will tell people to kiss my ass are the people that keep asking Andy Reid, is he going to retire? I had no issue with it when it was towards the end of the season and there were beat writers that follow the Chiefs every single day and certain one asked, said, Andy, do you think, you know, have you ever thought about what's being rumored and all this sort of stuff? Look, Andy Reid is the type of guy that if he's going to retire, you're going to know. 
it would be announced before the season that this is going to be my last season. I owe it to my wife and my family to just put it up. I've done enough. I don't think the third Super Bowl is going to cause him to think, eh, no, it's too fresh. You've won two in a row. You don't walk away from two in a row, right? You win two. You got to think, well, there's a chance I might be able to win a third. I'm not walking away from this. I have no desire to. I have a quarterback who's not even 30 years old yet. I've got a tight end that's going to come again and play another season in the NFL. That's the best ever do it. Oh, and I might have found a diamond in the rough in our second round wide receiver in Rushy Rice. I still have a running back. I still have a decent defense. Even if not all the pieces are back, you still will have a top 10 defense. And you'd have to think that the way that this team can change and fluctuate the way their game style is that no matter what they get put up against next year, they're going to find a way. It's like in the movie Jurassic Park, life finds a way, right? That is the the hidden, like, I guess the thesis of what that movie is. Maybe not. Maybe the narrative of what that is is that, that, that life finds a way. The Chiefs always seem to find a way, and they haven't shown any sort of slowing down from that because with a team whose entire strategy every year is Super Bowl or bust, They've done it four out of six times. That's a winning record. And when they don't do it, they get to the absolute last possible game to get to the Super Bowl, and they've lost in overtime twice. The Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey are not going anywhere. Now, I thought that there was a chance that if Travis Kelsey were to win this, maybe he would hang it up. But as bad as Travis Kelsey has shown in media how much he wants this Super Bowl for a back-to-back, for a third, and a dynasty, you think he's hungry now? If he and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes were to win another Super Bowl and have three and go for a three-peat and then have a chance to win four, then you might have the conversation. But until there is a clear-cut, obvious choice at who's going to replace Andy Reid, and there is a clear-cut message that happens before they even go to St. Joe, because we know how good the Chiefs are with giving out information when it comes to milestones type of things, right? We knew the minute the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes that there was going to be a press conference at the end of that first season that Alex Smith was no longer going to be the quarterback of Patrick Mahomes, and that's what happened. Right? We knew that. We knew that when the Kareem Hunt stuff came out, that he was not going to be part of this team. They addressed it. They told you he was gone. And if Andy Reid is going to hang it up, you're going to know in June before they go to St. Joe, and there's a reason why. Two of them, actually. One, to nip it in the bud. They ask it. You answer it. It's over. You don't linger it. You don't do anything. You might get questions at the end, like, what are you going to remember most? Whatever. But you're not going to get the question of, is this it? You'll already know. It'll be definitive. And the other thing that we know is that Andy Reid is such an iconic Hall of Fame great coach that no matter what he does in his final season, wherever he goes, he's going to get his flowers because of the career he has, because of what he's done. It will not end the same way it ended for Bill Belichick. They are polar opposites of personalities and careers, even though they're probably two of the top three best. They are two of the top three best coaches to ever coach in the NFL. It is that time of the night. I can't believe, JT, it's already 8 o'clock. That's it's, just it's crazy. It's wild. It's wild, man. And just time flies when you're having fun, man. And just two dudes talking sports, you know getting I mean? ready for a Super Bowl, man. Yeah, man. Can't wait. Can't this weekend's going to fly. I feel like once we get to tomorrow with all the shows and stuff, it's mm. just going to be like, man. 
Where did it go? All this Andy Reid talk makes me want to get a double cheeseburger. From where? Freddy's. Okay. Big Freddy's guy. You, you like you like those like flat thin steak, steak burgers? Bur- mm. Yeah. Smash burgers. Sma- that's what it's called, smash burgers. Yeah. I don't know why I called it steak burger. If you put a gun to my head and said you have to choose Freddy's or Culver's, I'm gonna die. Because I don't know where to go. But coming up on the other side is the out of left field question. I give you the question. What is you have one dish, you have one dish or item to take to a Super Bowl party to make a good impression? What are you bringing food-wise to that Super Bowl party to make everybody go, what? 913-586-7610. You have one dish to elevate the Super Bowl party. What are you bringing? 913-586-7610. That's JT No. I'm Dusty Likens. That is your out-of-left-field question. Talk to you soon.